Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. So John Wesley was a preacher in England during the 1700s. He was a traveling evangelist who preached over 40,000 sermons in his life. They say that he traveled on horseback almost half a million kilometers from town to town just sharing the good news. There's something that he said that I think about sometimes. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the times you can, at all the places you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. I really love that. I think it describes our church. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that our church is perfect or we don't have room to grow, but it's who we aspire to be, you know? Do all the good you can as long as ever you can. We say it a little bit differently here. We say we can't fix everything, but we always want to do something, you know? And so a couple weeks ago, we had some community partners reach out to us and let us know that Chilliwack is experiencing a major food shortage. A couple obvious reasons for that. Number one, donations have been really low. And number two, the need is really high, like higher than it's been in decades. And first of all, I just want to say that I'm really glad that we're a church that people reach out to when the city has a problem. I'm really grateful for that, you know? So our community development team got together and they decided that they wanted to commit 60 pallets of food to help, you know? And when I first heard that, it seemed really easy to me. And I was actually kind of relieved and kind of happy because normally when God gives us a goal, I always find it like really intimidating. Like, oh man, we can't do this on our own, which I think that's kind of God's plan in the first place. But I was kind of happy because 60 pallets of food seemed pretty low to me, to be honest. So I got up here last week. I'm like, 60 pallets of food. We got this. Let's make it happen. And so a couple days ago, I sat down with one of the members of the community development team. I said, look, can we put a monetary value on that? You know, because some people are going to give money. Some people are going to give food. And she said, well, it's kind of hard to do that, like 60 pallets of caviar or Mr. Noodles. I'm like, okay, I get it. I said, but, but, but give me an idea, right? Like if we follow that list and we truly are going to help people, give, give me a total and then make it, make it really, really aggressive so that we make sure that we're erring on the side of generous. Does that make sense? So she said, okay, it's about $250,000. And then it got intimidated. Then I got intimidated. That's really big. And and part of me thought, well, here we go again. And then I thought, here we go again. See, the way Southside works is, and if you've been a part of different churches, it might be a little bit unfamiliar to you how we work. When we make a commitment, that commitment is made. That check is written. So I'm not standing up here saying, man, if you could please give, maybe we could hit our goal. No, no, no. The goal is hit. Now the question is, will the money come in? People ask me all the time, well, what if the money doesn't come in? I don't know, we shut down, I guess. I'm not sure. Like, it's just never happened. So what I want to ask you to consider doing is to follow my suggestion, which is that every single person watching online or in person right now would text the keyword food to 604-670-3040 because I think we all fall into one of two categories. The first category is this you could use a helping hand right now. And sometimes it's tough to admit that, you know? It's hard. 
But I would say to you, if you, if you haven't been following Jesus for very long, can I say get used to it? Because I still need a helping hand. I need Jesus as badly today as I needed him on my worst day. But I also wanna encourage you because every month we get countless messages from people who say, you know what? A couple years ago, I really needed a helping hand. And I reached out and God blessed me through the work of Southside Church. And I'm so excited because today, I am able now to be the one who lends a helping hand. That's the plan, that's what's gonna happen. But trust me, there's always gonna be something that you need God's help with. We'll talk a lot more about that today. But there's a second group of us that you happen to be in a position right now where you could lend a helping hand. Where you could lend a helping hand. And I wanna really ask you to consider doing that. You know, the Bible promises that we're more blessed when we give than when we receive. So why don't we give? If you can pull it off, would you please be willing to give? You can text that same word, food, to 604-670-3040. I know Emma already mentioned it, but here's what I've seen play out in our church over and over and over again. Just a bunch of ordinary people, just a bunch of wingnuts, you know? So it's like church. We, we come together and everybody decides, hey, I'm just gonna do what I can do. I'm just gonna do what I can do. And when we all decide that we're gonna all come together and just do what we can do, God keeps showing up. And he does what only he can do because something radical happens. When you're a church they call, when the city's in trouble, there's something pretty important there. I've told you this before, but I wanna remind you again. The reason why more people aren't coming to Jesus in 2023 is not necessarily because they don't believe what we believe. The reason is so many people look at the church of 2023 and they don't think we believe what we say we believe. See, moments like this, these are our moments. We, not, we might not convince them in this moment to believe what we believe, but you better believe we'll convince them that we believe what we say we believe. And I want this world, I want this city to go, hey, I don't necessarily believe like they believe, but I'm so stoked Southside Church exists. So I got a plan to hit this intimidating goal of $250,000. Here we go again, heading into the summer. It's a long weekend. Oh boy. But I got a plan. Came up with a plan. Here's what I think we should do. I think it'll work. Honestly, I think this will work. I think it will. Let's do this. Let's do all the good we can, as long as ever we can. I think it'll work. So I wanna start out my sermon today with a picture. That's me, five years old. I have no idea why that bus is so old school. How can that be? Shut up, just shut up. My first day of school, they bust all us country kids into downtown Red Deer, Alberta, River Glen School. I got on this jacket, I still remember it, this white summer jacket with little pictures of bicycles all over it. I had a Snoopy lunch kit, you know, and just the highest of hopes. So many expectations. This was my moment. You know, this was my milestone. This was the step I was gonna take. I was gonna become a big kid now. You know, a big kid who went to school. It's funny looking back, right, at our lives. Those moments when we thought we were so big and strong, and looking back now, we realize we weren't quite as big and strong as we thought. 
But if I was really big as I waited for the school bus that day, it didn't take me very long once I got on that school bus to start to feel real small. See, what happened was a bunch of big kids on that bus, older kids on that bus, decided that they really didn't like me. And so River Glen School went from grade one to all the way up to grade 12. So the older kids were older. And they, did, they decided that they didn't like me. So they would call me names and, and hit me and throw things at me and spit on me. And so every single day on the way to school, it was just really difficult, you know? And I remember getting to school, and it didn't take me long, even in those first weeks of grade one, to realize I was different than other kids. I wasn't able to pay attention like other kids could pay attention. I wasn't able to sit still like other kids could sit still. This might surprise you, but I wasn't as able to keep quiet as other kids were able to keep quiet. The worst part of every day was the school bus ride home. I got a migraine headache every single day. And I just remember sitting my forehead up against the glass of the school bus window, looking for some kind of relief. It hurt so much that I didn't even care, didn't even notice what the kids on the bus were doing or saying to me. And I would get home, and quite often, my mom would put me in my room, and we would turn all the lights off and draw the curtains, and she would put a cold cloth on my head. But when I look at that picture, it's kind of profound to me. I look at that picture because I see a a, a little five-year-old boy with a bicycle jacket and a Snoopy lunch kit and the highest of hopes that is about to become a little boy with a bicycle jacket and a Snoopy lunch kit and a broken heart. And you can relate. Maybe you never had a Snoopy lunch kit. I hope you did. But there's been a moment in your life, there's been an era in your life, there's been seasons in your life when you went from the highest of hopes to a broken heart. And it got me thinking about the first sermon that Jesus ever preached. It's recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter four. It says this, so he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There's a lot of reasons why Jesus Christ stepped into human history. One of the main reasons I'm here to tell you today was to heal broken hearts. Let's get more personal. There's a lot of reasons why Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has gone before you into this spectacular moment. There's a lot of reasons why he called you here, why he orchestrated events that you would be here on this long weekend. And one of the main reasons is to heal your broken heart. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And another way to translate that from the original Hebrew would be this, Shattered expectations break your heart. Shattered expectations break your heart. 
Little five-year-old Mike Manis had some expectations. I guess I expected at five years old that everybody loved me in the world and wished me well. Those expectations were shattered. I guess I expected that when I went to school, I would be the same as the other kids. And if I wasn't the same, that the teachers would like embrace and celebrate my differences, revel in my uniqueness and cheer me on, and those expectations were shattered. I guess I expected that my ride on the school bus would be a little bit like that song that they sang on Sesame Street. The wheels on the bus go round and round, and it looked like so much fun, and those expectations were shattered. What about you? What was your moment or moments? What was your seasons, your eras? Maybe you expected that everybody in the world loved you and wished you well and those expectations were shattered. Or maybe you expected that person that you were married to would celebrate your uniqueness, would embrace and revel in your differences and cheer you on, but those expectations were shattered. Maybe you expected that he would be faithful Maybe you expected that she would be faithful, but those expectations were shattered. Maybe you expected that your friends would be loyal, but those expectations were shattered. Maybe you expected that your parents would love you, protect you, and help you. But heartbreakingly, those expectations were actually shattered. Or maybe you expected that you would be safe in a given situation, and those expectations were shattered. And what that leads to it leads to a broken heart. I bring all that up because over the last five weeks, we've been talking about the truth that you and me, we stand in the middle of a great spiritual battle. Man, if you missed any of the weeks of this series, I'd love if you go back, but it explains so much. Specifically over the last couple weeks, I've been talking about open doors and defeated lives. Let me explain that for a second. That this spiritual battle that we stand in the middle of, it's a battle of good versus evil, hope versus despair, light versus darkness, victory versus defeat. It's a, it's a battle of God versus the devil. Your spiritual enemy is the devil. He hates God. He can't hurt God, though, so he goes after you because he knows how much God loves you. Open doors and defeated lives. Here's my suggestion. My suggestion is... That throughout life, there are things that happen, there are things that we do that can actually open the door in our lives to defeat, to the powers of despair and darkness and defeat. And today, I'm talking about ground zero. I'm talking about the first open door of all your open doors. If I reverse engineer all the despair all the darkness, and all the defeat in your life. You know where I'll end up? I'll end up at heartbreak. It's the first open door. And my belief, my sincere belief, is that today, this moment, is gonna be a turning point in a lot of lives. Whether you are watching online or you're here in person. In fact, I was so locked in on this sermon. The truth is, for those who know me, this is not the first time this has happened. I was so locked in in this sermon, I didn't even know today was a long weekend, that this was a long weekend. A couple days ago, I'm like, hey, see you Monday. They're like, no, I won't. I'm like, oh, yes, you will. And they're like, it's a long weekend. I'm like, ah. 
what I want to ask you is because I realize there's people out enjoying nature you know, all those losers that didn't show up to church. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They're traveling, they're doing good family stuff. Do me a favor though. Really, really share this message because I think it has the potential to change lives. I certainly believe it's gonna be a turning point for many because if I was to reverse engineer all the despair, all the darkness, and all the defeat in your life, where I would find myself at the end of all the work would be at a moment, at an era, at a season of heartbreak. Say strange things in our culture. We say things like this, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's dumb. We all know that's dumb. You hear some people say this, everything happens for a reason. Ooh, that one bugs me. That one really, really frosts my flakes. Everything happens for a reason. Really? Really. So someone's walking through a nightmare in their life. They, they, they experience great tragedy, and we walk up to them and fist bump them and say, everything happens for a reason. What are you talking about? Because if what you mean is this, sometimes the reason why things happen is because we stand in the middle of a great spiritual battle. And we have a spiritual enemy who comes to bring destruction, despair, darkness, and defeat to our lives. If that's what you mean, I get it, but it's probably not a glib catchphrase. Does that make sense? Because next thing you know, you start walking around saying everything happens for a reason. You know what you're gonna start saying next? <laughs> what doesn't kill you will make you stronger? That's not true. That's just not true. You could tell by the era of the school bus in that picture earlier, I've been around for a while. I've seen people have their heart broken. It doesn't make them stronger. Often what happens, it makes them weaker, more bitter, more angry, more dysfunctional, more defeated. The key is we need to be healed. We need to be healed. The first open door of all the open doors is this, shattered expectations that lead us to a broken heart. Specifically, by the way, when I say the first open door is a broken heart, the open door specifically, this is important, the open door specifically, the door is opened to a spirit of rejection. Every time. I want to make sure we understand this. If I go back, I reverse engineer all your defeat, all your despair, all the darkness in your life, I'll find myself in an era, at a season, at a moment of heartbreak. And there was a door open there, and the door that was open was open specifically to a spirit of rejection. Remember I said, several weeks ago I said, uh, something should be simple, but it's not simple. That's a sign of a spiritual battle. If something should make sense and it doesn't make sense, that's a sign of a spiritual battle. If something should be straightforward, but it's not straightforward, that's a sign of a spiritual battle. So I said earlier, you know, five years old, you think you're big and strong. When you're 15 years old, you think you're big and strong. When you're 25 years old, you think you're big and strong. When you're 35, 45, 55, 65, 75 years old, you think you're bigger, strong, big and strong, and you're not. Because five-year-old Mike Mattis gets on that bus. There's older kids on that bus that decide to make his life a living nightmare. Now, logically, logically, if you're big and strong, you should be able to figure this out when you're five, but you should at least be able to figure it out looking back when you're 25, right? Who's got the problem? 
Who's got something wrong with him? Five-year-old Mike Manis or the older kids that decide to make his life a living nightmare? The older kids, right? And yet the spirit of rejection, every single time, will come after you and tell you, no, it's the opposite. Every time. There's something wrong with you, man. There's something weird about you. You're, you're stupid. You're ugly. You're less than average. There's something wrong with you. That's the spirit of rejection. And you would think, you should be able to figure out in five years old that the issue isn't yours, but it's theirs. Certainly looking back at 25 years old, you should be able to figure that out. And yet once that door has been opened to the spirit of rejection, until it is closed, there will be a part of you deep down inside that'll still feel like it's you. It's the first open door. That leads to all the other open doors. There's something else we say in our culture, and it's actually true, but I wish it wasn't. And in a way, it shouldn't be true. We say this, and it's true, right? Hurting people hurt people, right? Have you noticed that? Hurting people hurt people. Remember I said if something should make sense, but it doesn't, it's a sign of a spiritual battle? Well, that doesn't make sense. Hurting people hurt people doesn't actually make sense, and yet it happens. Because this is what you would think, wouldn't you? You would think that if anybody didn't want to hurt other people, it would be someone who has experienced how much it hurts to be hurt. That they would certainly not be the ones that would spread the heartbreak and spread the hurt. And yet, hurting people hurt people is true. You know why? Because you and me, we stand in the middle of a great spiritual battle. And if I was to reverse engineer every moment of darkness, despair, and defeat in your life, I would come back to a moment, to an era, to a season of heartbreak. And there was a door opened, and that door specifically was open to a spirit of rejection. And here's the plan that the devil has for you through that spirit of rejection. That you would experience a defeated life, but not just that. Hurting people what? Hurting people hurt people so that you would leave a trail, you would leave a wake of defeated people behind you. That's the plan. So I want to get practical today. I want today to be a turning point. So let's talk about it. How do we know if the spirit of rejection is at work in our lives? I'll give you a a few ways to recognize it. Number one is anger. Not just kind of angry, but like controlled by your anger, anger. When I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I would get into a lot of fights. And I was asking myself this week, why did I get in those fights? And I think part of it is just validation. You know, when you're just a teenage idiot, you think, man, if I can beat that person up, somehow I'm better than them, right? But when I really started to think about it, it was anger. And I know that's true because I remember back in those days, every time I was winning a fight, every single time, I had to be pulled off of the person, every time. So incredibly angry. Are you controlled by your anger? See, because when I was 19 years old, by the way, Jesus saved me. And I was still incredibly angry. In fact, I was still controlled many times by my anger. Let's be really clear about that. I just learned to hide it more, you know? In fact, I would suggest that my anger didn't really play out in front of anybody else ever. It was just me, alone. The first gift that my wife, Corinne, got me when we were just dating was a new windshield for my car. Because I was sitting in my car one day thinking about something that had happened earlier that day, and I put my fist through my windshield. 
I wanna call a timeout. For some of you right now, you're thinking, Mike's been reading my mail. And what I'm concerned about in this moment is that you're gonna feel judged and you're gonna feel defeated. So I wanna talk to you about something because I'm gonna go through a whole list of signs that the spirit of rejection is at work in your life. As I wrote this sermon, every single one resonated with me. I got some healing to do too. So this is not me up here going, wow, you really are defeated. No, no, this is me calling all of us up to victory. Like there's better days ahead, you guys. So this isn't me making fun of you. This isn't making, make, me making you feel stupid or wrong or defeated. This is me saying, hey, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Let's not be unwise about the devil's schemes. Let's not be unaware with what the devil is up to because then he can't outwit us. So I'm telling you, he works through a spirit of rejection. How did that spirit of rejection get a stronghold in your life? It started way back when, if I reverse engineer all your despair, all your darkness, all your defeat, I'll come back to a moment, to an era, to a season of heartbreak. The door was open to a spirit of rejection. Uncontrollable anger. Second one is you're an unfillable bucket. Doesn't matter how many encouragements you get, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how often you win, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter how many times somebody stands up on a stage like this and says to you, hey, 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 hey. You're not a human doing. You're a human being. Mm. Cool in theory, but you're driven. You're driven to win more and more and more and more because you're an unfillable bucket and enough is never enough. Or you're sensitive like if you ask the people around you to be completely truthful, they'd say, oh, we kind of walk around on eggshells, you know? I remember years ago, I had this joke that I would tell when someone's cell phone went off. You've never heard me tell this joke. And the reason is, is because of the story I'm about to tell you. I have not told it since, okay? And, and so I'm up and I'm preaching one day and someone way at the back, their cell phone starts to ring, okay? And my go-to joke was something like this, like, wow, that's probably for me. You know, uh, tell them I'll call them back, okay? So in this particular day, cell phone way the back goes off, and I'm like, hey, that's probably Corinne reminding me to bring milk home, even though I always forget, tell her I'm not gonna forget this time, she can count on me. Everybody laughed a little bit, it's not overly funny. And I just went on with my sermon, and I get off the stage, and a few staff members walked up to me, and they're like, you need to hide. I'm like, I need to what? You need to hide. I'm like, huh? You know that woman you made fun of? I'm like, I didn't, mm, I usually remember when I make fun of people. Like, mostly, I don't remember ever making fun. Well, remember that cell phone that went off? I'm like, I didn't see anybody. It was way at the back. They're like, it was a woman. And when you told that joke about Corinne and the milk, she got mad and she's enraged right now and she's looking for you and we're scared what she's gonna do if she finds you. So I looked at the staff members and I said, I'm a preacher of the word, a man of God a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't hide, no, actually I hid, okay? So, so I, I, I hid, okay, I hid, I hid. But, but in hindsight, I, I kind of wish that I would have gone out and said to her, or maybe I should have hid and had somebody else ask her this one simple question. When was your heart broken? See, when you're incredibly sensitive and everybody has to walk on eggshells around you, that's a sign that a spirit of rejection has received an open door into your life. For some, it's compensatory pride. 
You got a spirit of rejection just whispering and whispering and whispering in your ear. <clears throat> so you compensate with pride. You talk more than everybody else. When you're in an argument, even though you know that you're losing, you will not stop because you just can't handle losing. You've maybe even said this out loud. I'm the smartest person in every room. That's compensatory pride. That's a sign that a spirit of rejection is at work in your life. For some, it's isolation. Lots of different forms isolation can take. For some, it's just simple isolation. Like, you're incredibly shy. Like, not just introverted, but you got a terror of being around people. And I think part of it is that you become convinced that when people really get to know you, they're just going to turn their back on you. For others, it's, I would call it aspirational relationships. What I mean by that is um, your friendships are all about, your relationships are all about um, uh, you're attracted to people because they're successful, because they're beautiful, because they're wealthy, because they're famous. You don't know them. You don't really want to get to know them, and you don't want them to get to know you, so you just keep things aspirational. Does that make sense? Or, or maybe you're a little bit older, and you would look around and you say, man, I, I got a lot of people in my life right now, and yet the truth is, if you were completely honest with yourself, you would say, they don't really know me. Not really, really. One more sign that the spirit of rejection is at work in your life would be an unwillingness, maybe even an inability to take responsibility. In 2023, we call this gaslighting. <laughs> Ever heard of gaslighting? It's always somebody else's issue. And entry-level gaslighting is this. Entry-level, like, gaslighting 101 is this. Um, I'm sorry that you feel that way. You understand that? that? That's an apology without making an apology. That's an apology without taking responsibility because you have an unwillingness, maybe even an inability to take responsibility. This person is, runs you over with their car. The next day you talk to them, you say, hey, you ran me over with your car. I was walking down the sidewalk, and you swerved onto the sidewalk and ran me over. And they're like, what did you say? Did you say I swerved? I didn't swerve, I veered. What kind of person says swerved when really I veered? You're like, yeah, but you ran me over with your car. No, you jumped in front of my car. Yeah, but I'm in a full body cast. It never happened. What are you talking about? Why are you making this story up? And you're like, am I crazy? Or are you crazy? No, they're, neither of you are really crazy. Just somewhere there's been an open door in their life. And the spirit of rejection has given them almost an inability to take responsibility. These are people that if you ask people around you, if you struggle with this, they would say, yeah, like, I don't, I don't want to have any conversation with you that might involve you taking responsibility for anything because you're scary. Like your anger is tough. Or maybe your tears are tough. Like every time it gets to the point where you're just about going to take responsibility, you start to cry. And people are like, oh, no, 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 it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. I bring all that up. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, the Apostle Paul writes, the devil, your spiritual enemy, the one who comes to make you live a defeated life and hopefully leave a trail of defeat behind you, he masquerades, listen, he masquerades as an angel of light. 
You understand what I mean? So, so, so when the spirit of rejection walks into the open door of your life, they're never gonna, he's not gonna introduce himself by going, I'm here to destroy you. No, the devil always masquerades as an angel of light. So you have a broken heart. And the devil, through the spirit of rejection, says, I can help you. I can heal you. So here's what we're going to do. Just be angry. Really, really, really angry. Then no one will mess with you. Strive. Win. Achieve. Do more. Then you'll be okay. Be sensitive. Be sensitive. Don't laugh at yourself ever. Whatever you do. Be isolated. Don't be around people at all, you know, because if you're not around people, at least they can't reject you. Be prideful. Show everybody what you're made of. Show everybody how smart and how good and how amazing you are. Don't ever, hey, 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 don't ever, 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 ever take responsibility for anything. This sounds weird, right? And yet in your life, this has happened. If I reverse engineered all your darkness, all your despair, and all your defeat, I would come back to a season of heartbreak, to a moment, to an era of heartbreak, when a door was opened to a spirit of rejection. So today we're going to find healing. Today is going to be a turning point. Before I get into that, though, you got to decide whether you want to be healed. Because the truth is, a spirit of rejection, it's kind of helped propel you to where you are today, hasn't it? You know, you know that voice that says, do more, do more, do more, achieve, achieve, win, 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 win. There's a part of you that is, that is afraid. If you're to find healing, you're gonna lose that voice and you're not going to achieve the things that you've been able to achieve so far in your life. I could go through every single example. Here's the point. God's plan for your life is that you would do amazing things. But God's plan for your life is never that you would f live your life fighting for victory, fighting for validation, fighting for sufficiency. God's plan for your life is that you would live fighting from all those things. I am loved. I am sufficient. I am enough. Does that make sense? So you got to decide. For some of us, that spirit of rejection has been whispering for a long, 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 long time. It's the first open door of all the other open doors. So whether you're watching online or in person right now, I want to invite us into a time of healing as we close off this spiritual warfare series. I think there's three levels. We gotta ask God, we gotta ask others, and we gotta ask ourselves. So first, and most importantly, let's ask God. There's many reasons why Jesus Christ stepped into human history. There's many reasons why Jesus Christ went before you into this spectacular moment. One of the main reasons is to heal you. So let's just ask for that right now. Close your eyes and bow your heads, please, if you can. If you're online and it's safe to do so, I would love it if you could do the same thing. So before I go any further, let me tell you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He stepped into human history. He died on a cross. His body was broken so that you could be healed. He rose again so that you can rise 
above your painful past so that you could rise above your heartbreak, so that you could rise above defeat into victory. His promise to you today is that because of him, the best is always, the best is always yet to come. So before I go any further today, I wanna to ask you whether you're watching in person or whether you're here or whether you're joining us online, if today is the day that you wanna accept Jesus, everything that needed to be done for your forgiveness, any, everything that needed to be done for your healing, everything that needed to be done for your eternity, your real and eternal life has already been done. The next step is just to accept what Jesus already did. If you've never done that with all heads bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand right now because I wanna pray for you. Nice and high if you don't mind. Amazing. Again, if you're online and it's safe to do so, I would love if you would raise your hand too. If this is your moment. Okay, you can put your hands down. Let's pray. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that I am who you say I am. Thank you that I am loved. Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to be my savior. Pray that you would heal my hurts and forgive my sins. Give me a fresh start. Today, Jesus, I invite you to be my Lord. Give me the strength to rise above defeat, above despair, above darkness. I thank you. And while we're still in this moment of reflection, now I want to talk to everybody else, everybody else. You've been a Christian for a while, maybe. Maybe a couple minutes, you just raised your hand. Maybe a couple decades, maybe more, I don't know. But I'm telling you, today is a day of healing. Today is a day of turning point. So I wanna ask you, I've been praying for you all week, I wanna ask you to invite God to show you a moment, to show you an era, to show you a season where your expectations were shattered and your heart was broken. Might be last night, might be last week, might be decades and decades ago. Ask God to show you a moment, a season, an era where your expectations were shattered and your heart was broken. I believe there's a reason why God put that particular moment, that particular season, that particular era on your heart because he wants to heal you today. So God, I pray on behalf of all those who can hear my voice right now, online or in person, or those who will be watching or listening to this later, I pray for them too. Jesus, we come before you first of all and we confess we're not so big and strong. You promise that when we are weak, we come to you and you make us strong. So first of all, Jesus, I ask that you would strengthen us. Jesus, we ask that you would heal our broken hearts. Whatever that moment was that you brought to mind for every person, whatever that era was, whatever that season was, God, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. Those words shouldn't have been spoken, but they were. So God, we need you, we need you, we need you. We're not so big and strong on our own, we need you. We need you to make us strong, we need you to heal us. And Jesus, I pray that you would close that door that spirit of rejection that's been whispering in lives. I pray on their behalf right now that you would close that door and silence that voice of the spirit of rejection. Jesus, you died, and by the power of the blood that you 
gave on the cross by the same Holy Spirit power that raised you, Jesus, from death to life. I pray that you would close that door, that you would silence the voice of the spirit of rejection in Jesus' name. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray that that voice would be silenced. That today would be a turning point. Today would be the beginning of better. Today would be the beginning of the best is yet to come. And Jesus, I pray that you would continually, as I know you will, just lead us, just lead us, just lead us one next step at a time. Lead us into victory. Lead us into healing. Lead us into hope one next step at a time. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I talked to you earlier about I became a Christian at 19, you know. God saved me. I'm like 21, 22 years old. I'm still putting my fist through windshields. So I remember at 23, I was sitting in a church service like this, and the, the pastor started talking about believe and be baptized, believe and be baptized. And it hit me, well, I've never been baptized as a believer. Believe and be baptized. My parents baptized me when I was a little baby. Isn't that an incredibly beautiful thing to do? Like, what a beautiful thing that they did. And what I realized in that moment when the guy said, believe and be baptized, what I realized is that I needed to fulfill those prayers, that hope that was expressed when my parents had me baptized as a baby. I needed to be baptized now as a believer. And I think it's a really big deal today. We got a baptism coming up next week. And here's what I know. Every time that Jesus asks you to take a next step, it's always a step towards healing. It's always a step towards victory. It's always a step towards hope. I'm telling you, this could be a turning point in your life, but I know for sure that you need to cooperate with the healing that God wants to do in your life. Does that make sense? So he's gonna give you steps. And one of the next steps he's gonna give you is there's a baptism next week. Yeah, we could celebrate that. So we're gonna ask you, we're gonna ask you, have you been baptized yet? Jesus made it real simple. Believe and be baptized. So let's go. Text the keyword dunk to 604-670-3040. I don't know what kind of life you lived. You can let us know. And if we have to hold you under the water for a little bit extra longer, we'll do so. Just for you. Just for you. So number one, we ask God. Number two, we ask others. We ask others. In the New Testament of the Bible, James chapter five says it this way. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you might be healed. You know, I've, I've heard that verse hundreds of times. And this week, I thought about it. Confess your sins, confess your sins, confess your sins. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay, I've committed some sins. Yeah, 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 I can confess those. But what about the sins that have been committed against me? What about those sins that I've been holding on to my whole life? What about those sins that are still breaking my heart and opening doors in my life? See, what I want to suggest to you is that you need some people in your life who love you and love Jesus. And yeah, you can tell them about sins that you committed for sure, and you can pray and they can pray for you. But I think you need some people in your life that you can talk to about this. Where did it all start? What was that first open door for you? When the service ends today, as we have done for every week of this spiritual warfare series, there's going to be uh, people up here, a prayer team up here on either wing that's here to pray for you. And that's all we're doing, just so you know, that's all we're doing. We're believing that when we confess our sins, sins that we've committed and sins that have been committed against us, when we co confess our sins to one another, we can pray and we can find healing.
So I want to invite you to do that. And finally, ask yourself. Years and years ago, I had a good friend that preached at Southside. And she said something that stuck with me ever since that day. She said, ask yourself this. Just because I had a thought, does that mean I need to think it? (laughs) That's funny, right? Just because I had a thought, does that mean I need to think it? It's so profound, though. See, here's what I know about the spirit of rejection. It's going to come back. It's going to whisper in your ear. And my question for you is, just because you had a thought, does that mean you need to think it? Let me help you. No. When a, when, when a spirit of rejection whispers in your ear, you're not worthy, you remember that Jesus says you are worth dying for. When the spirit of rejection says you're not worth anything, you're not loved, remember Jesus says you're loved so much that I gave my life for you. When the spirit of rejection comes to you and says your best days are over, Jesus says the best is yet to Come, take captive every thought. Take captive every thought. Just because you have a thought, just because the spirit of rejection whispers in your ear, you need to give me your word. You need to give me your word. You're not going to listen to that garbage. Just because you had a thought doesn't mean you got to think it. So I invited Rachel to close with a song today, talking about who God says you are, who God says you are. And so it's going to be one of those songs where we're not going to stand, we're just going to stay seated for a time of reflection. I love you guys. Next week, baptism. Let's do it.
guys it was such a powerful service and I just want to say before you go again you know I can't begin to summarize all that Pastor Mike shared with us and I can't imagine what God has opened up in many of your hearts and if you need prayer today we do have people here to pray for you on this side and on this side and they would love to pray for your healing pray for your peace help you find next steps so they're there for you today if you need it and we hope you enjoy the rest of your May long weekend and then we'll see you back next Sunday take care Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.